Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Perfectville. It's part of the Believe Podcast Network and is brought to you in part by Bet Online. The odds are out for the 2021-2022 NBA Championships. And you know who's number one? The Los Angeles Lakers. Why? Because they got all those veterans, all those superstars right behind them, the Brooklyn Nets, Golden State Warriors, Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns, and Los Angeles Clippers. Those are your top six teams that everyone is thinking is going to win the NBA championship here in the next season. And you can find all of those, along with your Rookie of the Year odds, at Bet Online. So if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sports book expert. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect go. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe podcast network and brought to you by betonline.ag i am sam marku and he is the two-time yes two-time hall of famer of course i'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself dr christopher colon doctor how in the hell are you my friend actually sam this is the most comfortable i've ever been doing a episode of perfect go because i'm sitting on my man cave couch due to technical difficulties with an air pod in my ear i feel like i feel hip yeah what so God bless technology, the fact that we can actually record and still have decent sound without you being in your normal studio setting. But what happened in the course of like five minutes, your laptop charger fried. You had a lightning storm that like knocked out power to all of North Carolina. Uh, I think a herd of buffalo ran through your house and like kicked you in the face. I don't know what there was just a calamity of, of things happening. But here we are. Well, we haven't done a show in a while. As everybody knows, I'm sure race was ready to let uh, remind us. But um, my studio upstairs uh, is not being used a lot because it's not real NFL football season. This is where we sit and have our uh, watch our games every week. And uh, I'll do our show and leave the studio and won't come back till we do our show again. I made a lightning storm last week, uh, right after Zach's game, actually Saturday. Like black clouds rolled in, absolute craziness, uh, lightning striking right next to our house. And uh, to the point, my modem blew. And I had to get an emergency somebody out Monday because I work from home. I need internet. Um, And I came up here today to do the show. So I haven't been up here since. And yeah, laptops fried, man. It's an old MacBook. So maybe that'd be the excuse for the wife. Pull out the wallet and get get something new. Well, unfortunately, your birthday isn't until after the season is over. So we're going to need an early birthday reprieve here from from Miss Charlotte Charlotte Cullen here. Getting uh, get you a laptop early, but that's okay. I mean, we made it work. You're we're actually recording from your iPhone with AirPods. And like you said, you're more comfortable and relaxed than you've ever been. So uh, I expect a couple of farts because you're so relaxed and uh, we're going to have a great show. So we uh, we're actually going to get started here. Let's put 15 minutes on the While you're putting the timer on, that's actually funny. You just reminded me. I watched Mallrats the other day. Ugh. I hadn't seen it in just like years. And, uh, you know, of course, Brody uh, mentions that he farted when she went down on him because he was so relaxed. So that's actually quite funny. He said that. 
Well, there you go. So 15 minutes on the clock going back to <laughs> the Miami on. Dolphins. No longer Brody, no longer Mall Rats, no Shannon Doherty, nothing like that. No chocolate-covered pretzels. We're just going to get right into Miami Dolphins football. 15 minutes, and we are ready to go. And as you alluded to, Chris, we actually weren't able to put a show out last week just due to all kinds of different craziness going on, uh, which means we haven't really recapped the Chicago Bears preseason game or, at this point, the Miami Dolphins uh, shellacking of the Atlanta Falcons or what was left of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so far, seemingly so good with the actual preseason games here, Chris. We, we've somehow avoided, knock on wood, any major, major injuries to any of our key people. Um, and Tua has looked beyond decent, beyond capable. He's actually looked, dare I say, good in preseason. Uh, what are your thoughts overall about the Miami Dolphins against the Bears and the Falcons? And uh, what has got you the most excited to where your left and right nipple are hard as I rocks? <laughs> they look good, man. I mean, what can you say other than so far so good? Like, like you mentioned, you don't want to get too excited for preseason. But you want to get a little excited because there's progress. There's progress from two. There's progress from Gaskins. There's progress uh, from these younger receivers and tight ends that are getting opportunities with all our stars pretty much out. Albert Wilson, the uh, the bride of preseason practices, no game time, and it's almost like we're we're, we're stashing him, hiding him, or something because he's doing so well. Um, meanwhile, here comes Jalen Waddle having himself a game in Atlanta. Here's guys like uh, Matt Collins and and such having great games. Um, Kirk, uh, Kirk Merritt having good games, you know, guys getting opportunities. We, we mentioned multiple times how many receivers we have in it. It's good. We do because Fuller, uh, you know, Fuller, Wilson and Parker and Williams are all just hanging out at the beach, uh, having martinis as well, <laughs> margaritas while everybody else put in the work. But uh, if we're doing this well without those guys, uh, it's going to be great to see what we do week one. And yeah, too, I've just been lighting it up. Even Chris Sims came out today and talked about how great he said phenomenal preseason so far. Yeah, and you know the one the one blemish, if you want to call it that, was the interception in the end zone against the Bears, and that seemed like a correctable thing. I mean, again, if he's going to throw interceptions in the end zone, you want it to be in preseason. Um, but it looked like he just held on the ball slightly too long. Uh, looking from Jalen Waddle, who was primary read, and then seeing Shaheen come open and just waited, you know, an extra second, uh, which allowed that. Bears defender to crash down and pick that ball off. I think that's an easy fix. I think he learns from that, just like he's shown an aptitude to learn from just about everything so far since he's put on the Miami Dolphins uniform. So I'm not really too worried about that. What was interesting to see uh, to me, it was just how everyone else is talking about it, but his pocket presence has been, uh, to use Chris Sims' word, phenomenal, right? He understands that he's got to get rid of this ball quick. You can tell he's looking for his primary read. He's going away from his primary read if it's not there. And he's making that decision quickly. And yes, some of these are a little bit checked down Charlie. I think there was a third and 10 where he got it to Miles Gaskin against the Falcons for like a two-yard gain. And then Miles Gaskins kind of did his squirrely little fuck shit where he got all the way to the first down by, you know, avoiding a tackle 17 times over. That's not going to happen all the time. I mean, more often than not, that probably goes for a two or three-yard gain and you're looking at fourth and seven and you have to punt. However, we've said this before, you know, one of the knocks on Tua in college was that, well, he just had too much talent around him. That's why he was so good. And you and I both said... <clears throat> Well, if you have talent around you, why don't you just utilize that talent? There's a talent in knowing that, hey, there's other people that can make this play beyond me. I'm going to dump the ball off. So I say that about Miles Gaskin, but at the same time, Miles Gaskin and to a lesser extent, Suvan Ahmed are those types of running backs that are squirrely little fucks and can just get around a tackle and turn a three-yard gain into a 10-yard gain and extend that drive. So I think he's making great decisions. He's um, he's 
accurate as hell with the ball for the most part. I mean, there's a couple of bad throws here and there. He's really been on it, and you can tell he's got command of that offense. He's pulling uh, in practice. He's pulling offensive linemen to the side and, you know, not berating them, but coaching them up. You know, he's being that team leader. And we talked about this last year. And one of the concerns we had going into this year, Chris, was who was going to be that offensive leader for the Miami Dolphins? Because Devontae Parker, at best, uses his play as a leader, but he's not that vocal, emotional leader like you see on the defensive side with Christian Wilkins and others. Um, But who's going to be that guy on offense? And I think we have our answer, Chris. And it turns out our starting quarterback, year two, Tua Tungabailoa, appears to be that leader. Well, and he has to be. We talked about this. Um, on message boards and stuff back with the, in the Chad Henney days where he didn't do, or, or I think it was Chad Henney. Maybe it was, maybe it was Tannehill. Uh, it was one of those two um, that didn't get the captaincy his rookie year. And everybody's like, whoa, that's a big deal. Like the, the, the players vote on this. Um, and he hasn't earned the respect and the leadership of the locker room. It's almost like a foregone conclusion. The quarterback gets that C because that's the position of, of power. I mean, it's got to touch the ball every single play. So for Tua to naturally do that and be that leader and be that captain and pull guys aside, they're in the same draft class as him and stuff. And he's able to be like, hey, look, and we saw in the preseason game too against Atlanta, you know, talking to Waddle and others, he's very animated and talking, even covering his mouth a couple of times to like, you know, he's probably, you know, getting some harsh words in there with Jalen Waddle. And you went inside five yards. I want to do six and a half, like very specific, articulate stuff. And that comes from. Uh, his background with his dad, all the way to Nick Saban in the Alabama program, and now even Brian Flores, who expects uh, perfection. So you want to see that out of your young quarterback, just kind of blocking out everything. He's sounding great in interviews. Um, it's hard not to get really excited, man, but this is this is looking great. I'm, and it's a tough challenge, first two games of the season, see uh, if it actually means something. Well, and that's just it. I mean, we're getting ready for the New England Patriots who look like they have a renewed sense of urgency to get to the top of the AFC East again. And then, of course, you have the reigning champion Buffalo Bills who look pretty damn good in preseason themselves. So we have a challenge on our hands. I mean, in many ways, you never want to say a season is going to be defined by the first two games, but the first two games are AFC East opponents. So AFC, so same conference, East, same division. If you go 0-2 after your first two games, it is an uphill battle to get to the playoffs, especially when those first two games are against your, you know, division rivals there. But, you know, Tua just, there's some things here that are fascinating me uh, about his play. And one of the things I've noticed, Chris, is that he is doing what I would consider to be a remarkable job of not only feeling the pressure, but getting away from it, right? Like the, how many times as a Dolphins fan, have we seen a quarterback almost get sacked and then somehow slip out like the side, like underneath the armpit and then like turn around and scramble and throw it for like a seven yard first down completion. And we're just like, we had him. It was third and five. What what happened? We seem to be doing that to other teams. Again, it's it's preseason, but it's 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 one of those things that we haven't seen from a Miami Dolphins quarterback in a very long time, which is the ability to feel that pressure, anticipate it, and know how to escape it and extend that play with the feet and then ultimately with the arm. And then the other thing that I'm seeing from him a lot here, Chris, and I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I've seen a few people point it out, and it kind of just reaffirmed what I've seen with him is that he seems to be holding defenders with his eyes. He seems to be uh, being able to control the defensive players on the on the field, almost like chess pieces. There was a play against the Falcons, Chris, where he was looking at one receiver just long enough to make that safety commit and go, I think, to the outside. And then he turned and threw it inside and we got the first down or it might have been the other way around. But I know that safety was turned all the way around uh, to the point where he was slipping and sliding everywhere. And it was really just based on how Tua sold where he was looking 
All the meanwhile, knowing he was going to go inside as soon as that safety bit, that safety bit, and Tua threw that ball, and it was a first down. It was incredible. Yeah, that's what he was trying to do with the Shaheen interception was uh, he had him early if he would have just let it go. Um, but he was trying to look off the safety. He's been doing it since a freshman in college. That's the legendary touchdown to Devontae Smith in the national championship. He gets the ball, looks right, safety bites, wide open for a touchdown, hits the throw. Um, that's what good quarterbacks do. His pocket presence has been incredible. Uh, there's at least five times in these two games that we're combining to talk about where I, I, I said to myself, that would have been a sack with Tannehill. Just, yes. you know, he, he panics, freaks out. There's a guy's back in, in his shoulder and he just tucks the ball and wants to run and just drops to the ground. Chris Sims hate giving him props, but at least he's saying something positive today. I watched a video before a show and he's talking about and they limelighted line it with video and the pictures of Tua, both hands on the ball while moving. You know, you see those crazy drills where coaches are throwing bags at quarterbacks' feet and stuff as they're in the pocket, simulating exactly what Tua did. And you can tell he took the coaching and he went there and his eyes are constantly downfield. He's not looking to run, whereas I think last season, his rookie year, he would probably tuck and ran. Instead, he's throwing great routes to uh, Gusecki. The one he actually pointed out uh, is something everybody talked about last year. Again, this, the, the bull crap, um, where he wasn't anticipating throws and throwing guys open. Gusecki was covered and straightening his route because he knew he was going to break in. Tua knew it as well. And when you see the actual footage of where his hand is releasing the ball, Gusecki's back of his head is, is pointed to, to him. He's throwing it before Gusecki's even looking. That is where he's progressing, getting better, and he's going to have – a comeback season, in my opinion. Yeah, it really is. And now, you know, switching from Tua, because we've been talking about Tua, you know, almost for 10 minutes straight here in the first segment here of Welcome to Perfectville. But uh, there are some other areas for the Miami Dolphins on offense that uh, maybe are a little bit more concerning. Now, you talked about the injuries, quote unquote, to the wide receiving core. I'm not as concerned about that because I do think strategically we held out our top players like Devontae Parker. I think we're nursing Preston Williams back slowly because uh, his foot injury was much more devastating than any of us knew last year. And then, of course, Will Fuller is going to be suspended week one. Um, You're going to be, you know, he's got an injury history with his time with the Houston Texans, so you're not going to rush him back. And, of course, Albert Wilson hasn't played competitive football in well over a year. And before that, it was, you know, a hip injury that was pretty devastating as well. So you're going to take it easy with those four guys and make sure that they're ready to go at the beginning of the season. What it has allowed for the Miami Dolphins is to really evaluate the back end of that roster. Kirk Merritt, uh, Mac Hollins, has anybody done more time – more for their stock in one offseason than Mac Hollins, who has absolutely taken 100% control of his own destiny for the Miami Dolphins here, I think, uh, by catching everything and just being that safety valve for uh, Tua Bailoa. So the wide receiving core isn't that much of a concern. I'm also less concerned about the running back room like I was after um, well, after practice and after the Chicago game. And the reason I say that is I think Miles Gaskin has alleviated some fears for me, Chris, because the guy knows how to catch the ball. The guy knows where he's supposed to be. He can turn the ball upfield. He doesn't really seem to turn the ball over. And he's just, as we talked about last year, he's willing to bury his head into the ground and just dig as much as he can possibly dig. And uh, you got to respect that. I think he's our starting running back. Is he the greatest in the world? Is he Derrick Henry? Absolutely not. And is he going to get killed because the offensive line can't block from time to time? Yes. But he's also our best option at this point, in my opinion. So I'm not worried there. But it does go to where I am worried about, where I want to spend a couple of minutes. This offensive line, Chris, starting to get a little better. But when you are bird shit on top of dog shit, 
and you clean the bird shit off, you're still left with dog shit. And I'm a little concerned about everybody going into the season that um, blocking your franchise quarterback, your starting running back, and maybe the, your your playoff hopes um, is relying on you know five piles of dog shit. It's the most animal based show we've ever had. <laughs> Squirrely as fuck. Bird shit, dog shit. Uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, farting in the beginning. So it, we're back, baby. Perfect Bill's back. And speaking of farts while going down on somebody and shitting, you brought up our offensive line. Um, <laughs> dude, there's some photos of Austin Jackson getting absolutely steamrolled into two. It could have been a really ugly injury if it was another inch right, left, backwards, what have you. I mean, two actually completed the throw. But it, uh, Austin Jackson was in his lap like a prom date. Like, it was really bad. Our offense line, there's a photo overhead, like a drone shot at one point. It looks like three of our linemen were sniped. They're all laying on the ground at the same play. Like, how does that happen in the National Football League? These are guys trying to earn playing time. They're moving guys around. Uh, Liam Aitchenberg from Notre Dame, three-year starter at left tackle for Notre Dame, dude. Like, Notre Dame. And he wasn't like playing with the ones and you're like, what's going on? And they finally moved him like right tackle and he looked all right. He played the majority at the end of that Falcons game and looked fantastic. Uh, so hopefully they're starting the mold. They're starting to gel. But as you said, <laughs> we're scraping up the bird shit. We're still the dog shit. We need to pooper scooper that up. And then got a nice little blade of grass, hopefully underneath. Well, hopefully we can mash it into the grass and it'll turn into fertilizer and we can grow a tree out of this. And then maybe that tree can block better than Austin Jackson. Uh, but Liam Eichsenberg, like you said, being the right tackle, that's kind of like a left tackle for the Miami Dolphins because we do have a left-handed quarterback. Right. So, you know, I was encouraged by his play at right tackle, especially considering he was a left tackle. And we've talked about this before. It's kind of like wiping with your other hand when you got to switch to the other side. Um, but Liam seems to be ambidextrous. He can wipe his butt with either hand. And uh, that's a good sign. He has a bidet like me and Sam. There you go. And then Robert Hunt, um, you know, he, he seems to be, you know, kind of our, our, our main guy there. I don't know what we're doing with center. I mean, there's a couple of plays in that Bears game where people are like, oh, Dieter did okay. And I'm like, really? Because he seemed to fall over after he spiked or, uh, you know, snapped the ball. It's like the, the, the weight of snapping the ball in a shotgun formation made his big ass head fall forward. And I was like, that's not really what we're looking for from a center is to, you know, he's not a long snapper where you just kind of snap the ball and pray that you don't get kicked right in the chin by the defensive lineman right in front of you. I mean, he's got to have a little bit more technique than that. So, you know, going into the season, uh, I, I expect us to have, I expect us to have some troubles early with any sort of defense that has, um, a wrinkle at the offensive line or, you know, like any sort of stunting, any sort of, you know, scrape plays, any sort of fancy blitzes, you know, the, the Patriots might come at us with an amoeba defense like we've done in the past. And I wonder if our lines up to the challenge of, you know, being able to, 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 to block the right per people and uh, for the appropriate amount of time so that we can have success. That's the one area of concern I have on offense. Well, you brought it up earlier in the show. Um, people mentioning um, good or bad to getting rid of the ball and getting it to his playmakers. That's where this comes into play. If you only have to block for a second, then you can kind of put a, a Band-Aid over a gaping wound if you're throwing quick crossers, quick slants to Albert Wilson and Jalen Waddell. That limits their pass rush and limits any kind of stunting they can do because the ball's out of his hands. you got to go chase. So that's, that's where hopefully that works out, backs up the defense, and then we can continue, or I'm sorry, brings the defense in, and then we can start hitting the uh, the go routes to Fuller and Parker. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there you have it. First 15 minutes of Perfectville in the books, talking about Tua, talking about preseason, talking about bird shit on top of dog shit, uh, and hopefully it turning into some sort of fertilizer that can grow for many, 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 many games, months, years to come. Uh, we'll be back right after these words, and we're bringing it back, ladies and gentlemen. We're running it back, as the kids say. A little bit of elite or delete coming up right after this. Admit it, citizens of Perfectville, during this entire COVID-19 global pandemic, you have bought at least one thing from Amazon.com. Admit it. It's okay. We're all friends here. We all live in the same town of Perfectville. I've bought things from Amazon.com. The only difference is when I buy, I go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link that takes me to Amazon.com. And why do I do that? Because every time you do that, it takes you to the same exact Amazon.com, same exact shopping experience. But by clicking the link on welcometoperfectville.com first, it sends a couple of dollars to your favorite town of Perfectville. That's right. Helps keep the lights on, so to speak. And there is no hidden fees. There is no extra charges. It's the same exact shopping experience of Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectville.com. So as you sit down and check out the new 2021 Miami Dolphins schedule, look at all the draft picks that the Dolphins got just a couple of weeks ago and wonder which jersey you're going to get from Amazon.com, make sure you go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link. That's Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectville.com. And we're back. Chris Collins, Sam Marku, welcome to Perfectville Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. And we're bringing it back here, Chris. Elite tweet or delete tweet. My favorite, your favorite. The citizens of Perfectville favorite. And we know it's their favorite, Chris, because over the last couple of weeks, now that preseason football is back, that's when the tweets really get good. That's when social media really just comes correct for you and I. And we just, uh, we're going to reap the benefits of it. People have been just tagging elite or delete and sending it to you and I uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, bad takes, good takes funny takes and we're here to uh, basically collect them all and put the final grade on it put the stamp on whether these are elite tweets or delete tweets chris are you ready oh man this is one of my favorites i love getting a notification with a hashtag and it's just somebody the best part is if they don't know about it they're just like what's this mean <laughs> and it, it's just like clearly we're just shitting all over this and it's bad enough that we're going to talk about it on our podcast so please sam have, lay it on me here we go. 15 minutes on the clock. Let's start it up. And this one actually goes back to the Chicago Bears game. And this comes from Whataboutism King uh, at Mr. Strong Style. And he says in caps, if y'all don't shut the fuck up over a preseason interception, holy shit, y'all are fucking nuts. Go outside, smoke a blunt, spend time with your kids, fuck your wife. And of course, he is referencing the Tua Tungavailoa interception in the end zone. That was uh, for Adam Shaheen. Apparently very upset about it, but that is the tweet. Is this an elite tweet or a delete tweet, Chris? It's an elite tweet, but please, as a parent, don't do it in that order. <laughs> Smoke a blunt, play with your kids, fuck your wife. There should be, you know, the kids first, blunt, sex on weed. Yeah, there you go. Elite. Yeah. Yeah, nope, that's uh that's that's good. Order of operations is important here. Um 100%. Uh this one actually comes from uh McNeil uh, at reflog underscore 18. And he says, No one cares about your kids' first day of school. <laughs> delete tweet or delete tweet. Oh man, so <laughs> this is funny. It's personal for me because uh I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say elite tweet, but because I'm that guy, I posted Zachary uh, first day of eighth grade on Facebook. Everybody else is doing it. You know, tagged the wife. I mean, you're proud of your kid, but uh, um, it, it, I'll say this: delete tweet. If you don't like it, don't look at it. Scroll, keep scrolling. 
I'm going to go elite tweet because I didn't post the first day of school picture. And now it's like three days beyond. And I probably would have had I remembered, but I forgot to. And now I can't. So I'm just going to roll with it and say, I'm too cool to do that. Nobody does care about my daughter's first day of school. However, I am a hypocrite, Chris, because I am that parent. I have a three month old, as you know, and I am the guy that sits there and puts him down on the blanket with the little one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 month blanket thing off to the side with a little triangle that goes over whatever month he is. And I post that shit every single month so far. And nobody cares about that either, but I make sure everybody sees it. So I'm going to go you start tweet. a new trend and be like 78th day that Maddox shit his pants. <laughs> oh, I bought, we bought him a new bouncer thing yesterday because he's finally starting to get upright. And he was like bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. And then we took him out. We look and the whole bottom part of it was his shit. Cause he just bounced the shit right out of his diaper all over the new bouncer toy that we got him. I'm like, one wonderful yeah. zach will love this we one of his worst times we went to a carabas with my uncle and aunt and just absolutely up his back the entire seat horrible we had to throw his clothes away we brought extras luckily throw his clothes away uh and wash them off in the sink in the men's room so that was fun yeah good times carabas sounds like a uh, mortal Kombat character by the way every time i hear that i'm like that's isn't that that dude that had like the blade hands but i think that was baraka um Caraba, fatality carabas fatality poop uh all right this one comes from marcus whitman at tfg underscore football i'm ready for the heat but this is my hottest take for the 2021 nfl season the eagles end up with a top five draft pick from the Miami Dolphins, who ultimately end up looking like morons for moving from 12 to 6 to draft a receiver and not a tackle or Justin Fields. Elite tweet or delete tweet on Marcus Whitman? Delete tweet and he should be banned from Twitter. This guy's a fucking idiot. The complete epitome of clickbait and wanting to be edgy, to be cool. Him, Skip Bayless, and Stephen A. Smith should go hang out in the dump truck and get dumped off the fucking Adirondack Mountains somewhere so we never hear from them again. That guy should be banned from all social media. I agree. This is a delete tweet. Our good friend Alfredo Ortega actually responded to that and said, tell me you don't know shit without telling me you don't know shit. Uh, That was his response to that tweet. This is a terrible tweet. I mean, if you look at everything that's going on, first of all, Justin Fields' head was taken off in game two. I don't think he's coming back. Furthermore, if you look at my pinned tweet, even if Jalen Waddle has an underwhelming season, the Miami Dolphins have made out like bandits with this whole Laramie Tunzel trade. People forget this is tied into the Laramie Tunzel trade. The fact that the Miami Dolphins have Jalen Waddle is indirectly because we traded Laramie Tunzel to the Houston Texans a couple of years ago. So the Miami Dolphins are absolutely destroying this trade. And I think getting Jalen Waddle, if the early returns hold throughout the whole season, the dude's going to have a monster year. I mean, you can just tell Tua Tungvaluwa is looking at him every single pass play to see if he's open yet. Not if he's open, open yet. And if he's not open yet, then he's turning to Gesicki or Adam Shaheen or Mac Hollins or, or checking down to Miles Gaskin or whatever it is he's got to do. But he's looking at Jalen Waddle all the time. And I think that seems like a good idea for, uh, for the Miami Dolphins to invest in your number six overall pick and try to give him the ball as much as you can because he's going to shake somebody and he's going to break it for a touchdown. This guy, Marcus Whitman, um, I mean, what a way to end your, your Twitter career. Just put that out there and wait for the Miami Dolphins Twitter nation to just jump you, delete tweet 100%. All right. This one comes from our good friend. He's actually in our uh, okayest fantasy league ever. He's a guy that I actually watch the games with in person from time to time. And he put this out there the other day. This is from JD Finns fan, AKA He-Man Hagen. And uh, it's a picture of uh, a number 13 Miami Dolphins jersey. 
and it says order placed. And on the back of this, Chris, uh, it doesn't say Marino. It doesn't even say Jake Scott. It says JD Finns fan. So is this an elite tweet or a delete tweet here, Chris? Hmm. You ordered a personalized well, jersey of our Hall of Fame retired quarterback, Dan Marino, and then took Marino's name off of it and put his own. Elite tweet. I like it. You know, if I want to do that with Zach Thomas, you know who it is. Like you said, you mentioned Jake Scott. I mean, he had the jersey too. Um, it's his name on the back of it. I'm all for it. I mean, damn, retire it for the players. Of course, no one else is going to come into it. Can't have it. Um, but yeah, JD, cool. Have at it. I just, I don't know. Did he he put JD Finn fan? So he put J- like JD Finn fan. He put his Twitter handle on on the back. Never mind. Delete tweet. <laughs> he didn't put his name. That's a fake name. It's a made up name. Well, he can't no, put Hagen because never mind. But it, but if he puts Hagen, everyone's going to think he's like a Derek Hagen fan from that one year that he was with us or something. So, <laughs> but uh, but I'm going to go look. I, I really just did this to get Jeremy some some love on the show because he's a friend of ours and he listens to the show every single week. I'm sure he's going to message me after he hears this and be like, "I'm going to delete the jersey. I'm so sorry." No, it's fine. Keep the jersey. I was just wondering if it's blasphemous or not to take somebody like a Dan Marino and take his name off and put your own name on. But it's kind of a tribute though, right? He's saying he's the greatest ever. I want his jersey, but I'm also going to put my name on it. So I think I'm okay with it. I'm going to go with the only way I'd be okay with him putting his Twitter handle on it. Like JD Finn fan would be if the jersey was number 69. Like that's like go. where it's like all all bets are off. Like you do it with Dan Marino. That's dumb. 426969. I get it. All right. Uh this one comes from Dusty at Dusty Dolphins and he says can't wait to see that Zach Wilson to Xavier Howard connection this season. <laughs> Elite tweet or delete tweet? <laughs> Elite with a capital E. Man, there's a guy, Rock Your Jaw. I, I want to like interact with him sometimes on Twitter. He's the worst Jet fan Twitter follow I've ever seen in my life. He's got this picture. He's like biting a Jet chain with like gold teeth with his shirt off. He just looks like a, he, a wannabe New Yorker. And God, he's the worst. And he has the dumbest takes. Complete perfect jet fan. So um, elite tweet with a capital E. I cannot wait to see Zach Wilson do that. And then uh, I hope Dolphins Twitter goes over to Instagram and uh, attacks Zach Wilson's mom. Well, <laughs> not like, you know, virtually attacks her. we don't we don't want to like funny. Memes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be great if in the middle of, of her trying to defend her son every single time she tries to post something, there's just like a Miami Dolphins fan that intercepts it somehow. Um, that would be good, too. But no, it's it's a great tweet. It's and in fact, you know, our good friend Sorty at Fins or Die, who's been on this actually this very segment before <laughs> he was the most understated, just, you know, thumbs up sort of thing. He just writes good tweet. So, yes, uh, elite tweet. Sorty just followed me on Twitter, by the way. Like, I was like, dude, I've been following you for months. Like, he just followed me. Sorty is one of the most underrated follows on Twitter. That guy uh, entertains me like no other. Yes. Him and then the guy who does the Cuck Mountain thing. Like, Travis. I don't know why. Travis. Travis. Yeah, not Travis Winfield, but Travis. Yeah, the, the, the Travis. Where now it's, it's, it's to the point he's done such a good job of this. It's to the point guys are like, looks like he wants to be on the mountain. Yeah. Like, and everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. That's when you know you're kicking ass. Dolphins Twitter language is like almost its own dialect of English. Like people yeah. go elite tweet, delete tweet. And we know that they're talking about us. If somebody goes up oh, cuck mountain, we know exactly what's happening. It's like, there's like this whole like underbelly of Miami Dolphins, like language and memes that have just have grown into something outrageous. And if you were not a Miami Dolphins fan and you just read all these tweets in a row, you would think that we're all just psychopaths. And we kind of are on some level, we but are. Yeah. not to the level that they think we would be. Well, and somebody said it perfectly, Sam, and they're so right. 
we're this way after years and years and years and decades of disappointment. We are going to be insufferable <laughs> in a good way for us to everyone else when we're good. Like, oh, my God. You ever see like a kid that's like 15, 16 and you just meet them because they like moved into the school or like they just they came from you know, uh, a different school in the school district. And now you're in middle school and high school where they blend all the different elementary schools together. And you're just like, man, what's wrong with that kid? And then one of the other parents that knows that kid's like, well, they just had a really bad childhood. And you kind of go, oh, okay, I get it. I get why they are the way they are. We're that kid, Chris. Miami Dolphins Twitter is that kid that had a really bad childhood. And we're now just acting out because we finally got some muscles. we got some meat on our bones. We grew a little mustache and we're feeling ourselves. So we're going to be feeling we're ourselves for a couple of years. We're the tree. It's been it's been yes. bird shit and dog shit squished down to you know how long it takes for trees to grow. Where <laughs> that tree finally budding its beautiful leaves. There it is. There it is. That's a that's a callback. That's a tie-in. That's a, that is some connective tissue right there. Uh, but let's get back to elite tweet or delete tweet because we only have about four minutes left, and there's so many that we need to judge here. This one comes from Jersey Fin Fan at Jersey Fin Fan. I appreciate the simplicity. Okay, but why does Brissette look like Chubbs? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Jacoby Brissett, our backup quarterback, and Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. I just hope that Brissett came in. <laughs> I hope he came in the locker room and uh, someone's like, hey, how come you don't play on the Colts anymore? And he's like, ah, oh, they, they cut me. And they go, I'm sorry, man, because you're black. And he goes, hell no, damn alligator bit my hand off. That's one of the best calls ever. He looks just like Chubbs Peterson, a.k.a. Apollo Creed. Great call. Uh, he absolutely does. Elite tweet. That is a fantastic Elite. take. It has nothing to do with the Miami Dolphins other than a vague reference, but uh, I love it. Uh, this one comes from Dan Orlovsky. Yes, that Dan Orlovsky at Dan Orlovsky 7. If the Miami Dolphins major in RPOs on offense that have multiple players to them, multiple layers to them, and Tua plays completion-driven progression-based like he has the first two weeks, their offense is going to be very methodical and hard to defend. Elite tweet or delete tweet from Dan Orlovsky? Elite tweet and Dan O needs to get more airtime on the show a lot more than Chris Sims. He has been a Tua stan since the beginning, completely defending him, and he's right. He's been right about everything he said to the point where we've mentioned this before, Sam, with all the weapons and the way Tua is accurate, it's fall out quickly. How do you defend all those guys uh, on the field? You already mentioned he's looking for Waddle, and if he's not there, there's Gasecki, there's Shaheen, there's 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 Gaskins. There's Parker, there's Fuller, there's Wilson once we add those guys. Yeah, I'm going to go delete tweet, and here's why. Not because I disagree with the take, but just because I can't understand what I just read. I see all these words, Chris, and they're all English words. I get it. But in the order that he tweeted them out, this is like Chinese arithmetic to me. I don't understand. If the Miami Dolphins major in RPOs on offense that have multiple layers to them. What? I, I, did he have a stroke in the middle of this tweet? I don't understand what Dan Orlovsky is trying to say. I get the sentiment. I like the last part where he says it's going to be methodical and hard to defend. That I understand. But the part up to that, no idea whatsoever. So I'm going to delete tweet simply because my stupid brain can't understand the concept that Dan Orlovsky is trying to send to us. Elite, the elite tweet, Sam. Take the compliment. <laughs> All right. This one's going to be quick. This is actually a two-parter here, Chris. Uh, this comes from Vero at Inches NFL. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but he said, uh, did a quick mashup of old and new just to see what it would look like. And it is the actual logo uh, from the old Miami Dolphins logo to the new Miami Dolphins logo. And he put it out there. Uh, elite tweet or delete tweet with this little uh, artwork? Elite tweet. I like it. I like the shape, the shape of the Dolphins, a new logo, but it's got the old pattern. 
Um, it'll look clean. I, I don't know why people hate on it, and, and it doesn't have the stupid helmet. So elite tweet. Well, I, I'm going to go with elite tweet too because uh, it was good content. It's Twitter content, right? It's Twitter worthy. You can throw it out there, have some discussion. But he got crapped on. I mean, talk about bird shit, dog shit. They landed on him directly on his head, so he claps back. Vero did so. Another tweet. From Vera says, unsurprisingly, a lot of people took this way too seriously. How about everyone calms their tits? It's not the new official logo. It's a digital napkin doodle LMAO. And there, so uh, elite tweet or delete tweet on the clapback from Vera. Elite tweet because calm your tits is a fantastic phrase. And I have no idea whose tits are going crazy, but calm them, calm them down. Yeah, you know, that's a, I think this might be the first time that we had a double elite, you know, back to back like that. So congratulations, Vero. Uh, groundbreaking. I also love the visual of calm your tits. Like what is happening to the tits when they're not calm? Are they like spinning in you know opposite directions? Right. Like, like they have tassels. Are they firing out milk bullets? Like what are they doing when they're not calm? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah, that's like the have you ever seen the, uh, the video of the uh, wedding DJ and there's a larger lady sit standing next to him and Phil Collins is playing him and like the drum solo comes. He just beats her tits around. Like with his hands and it's like he doesn't realize he's on camera it's fantastic that's he, he those need to calm down they're getting slapped all around but it's the same phrase as like you know blow a hole you know blowing smoke up your ass we've talked about that before yes. what the fuck does that mean i don't know but i think if you blow smoke up your ass it causes your tits to no longer be calm i think they're directly correlating to one Absolutely. another uh, but there you have it. 15 minutes, elite tweet or delete tweet. We covered so much ground there, ladies and gentlemen. I am excited. You're excited, but not excited enough to have tits that are uncalm. Uh, we're going to go pay some bills and come back and talk about the rest of preseason and get ourselves ready, limber, stretched, and off to the way of week one of regular season football. Be back right after this. Patchvibes.com is still the best place to get all of your best patches, stickers, hats, t-shirts, all things Miami sports swag. The Don Shula patch, the Laramie Tunzel pot smoking draft day patch, the Miami Vice t-shirt, all things Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, Miami sports scene can be found at patchvibes.com. Check it out. And we're back once again. Chris Cullen, Sam Marcoux, Believe Podcast Network, part brought to you in part, I should say, by betonline.ag. Welcome to Perfect Bill. Uh, segment number three here, Chris, and uh, let's get ready for it. We got the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins traveling uh, to the great state of Ohio uh, to go play <laughs> Joe Burrow and the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, our last preseason game. Until we go up to New England and play an actual football game against an actual football team. Uh, but just because it's the Cincinnati Bengals um, doesn't mean we should, I guess, uh, take them for granted. Uh, sure. Anyway, what are you looking for in this game here, Chris? Last game, put 15 minutes on the clock. What are you looking for for the Miami Dolphins between now and the start of the regular season, I should say? Yeah, thank you for that intro. I needed that laugh gut busting. I fucking hate Ohio after my Cleveland experience. So Cincinnati, I'm sure, is not much better. They put chili on spaghetti. They are absolutely ridiculous. That so, sounds amazing. It's horrible. It's so bad. Like I, it, it's bad. I mean, because they use this real okay. It, it's bad. I try it. I guess maybe with like normal chili. Maybe they do something with it's like a thin, like watery sauce. I don't like it. It's real, I, real bad experience. I kind of look like I've, I've been putting on weight, which I'm okay with, right? Like I'm retired from looking good. Like I just, I, I announced my retirement <laughs> on Twitter from looking good. I don't care anymore, but like 
I'm starting to get fat and it's so much fun getting fat. Like being fat is terrible, but like getting fat, Chris is amazing because you get to experiment with everything. You're like, what is that pizza, nachos and ice cream? Put it on one plate, bring it over here. I want to see what that tastes like. It's amazing. You, you like your entire, <laughs> your entire life as you're getting fat revolves around food, everything, like every single, every conversation you have somehow goes back to food. Like people would be like, Hey, do you remember that trip when we went to Chicago? I'm like, not really. And they're like, yeah, I went to that Cubs game at Wrigley Field. I'm like, ah. and they're like, yeah, we had that pizza. I'm like, Giordano's. Yes, I had Giordano's pizza. That's absolutely correct. What an amazing trip. Like, that's how I, those are like my, my, like, like, you know, street signs now, <laughs> mental street signs is everything to do with food. If somebody asks for directions, I usually use landmarks of food, like restaurants to get them there because I know where the fucking food is. So I love it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down for some chili on some spaghetti. I disagree. Elite tweet. I mean, we probably end the show there. I mean, that's all I have to say about the Cincinnati Bengals anyway. No, but uh, Brian Flores came out, and pretty much all the starters sitting. Tua's not playing. On the flip side, Cincinnati's sending Joe Burrow out there against our defense, albeit backup. I think that's but, a big okay. mistake. I think that's yeah, a terrible Yeah, Raquan Davis and, uh, and Jalen Phillips, I hope, are backups. You know, I'm doing air quotes. Uh, good luck uh, on that. Yeah, yeah. The only thing good about this game is that it's the last NFL game for our Dolphins before week one, and there's like a week break. Like there's like two weeks before our game. There's no week four of preseason, obviously. So the cool thing about this game, it's literally live on national TV on the NFL Network. I think four o'clock on Sunday. That gives me something to do, an excuse to sit on the couch, drink beer early while the sun's up, and you know enjoy my Monday the next day a little bit hungover. So yeah, that's uh, that's literally the only good thing about it. So I get to watch it live without streaming it, paying for it, and uh, I get to drink and eat and watch it. Speaking of fat. Yeah, I mean, that sounds incredible, but I, I will say this. I, I think we we should have our offensive line out there, even if they're going against backups. They need those reps, whatever our offensive line is going to be for New England. And hopefully we have that figured it out. Uh, we figured it that hopefully we figured that out. Uh, you got me thinking about food now and now I can't talk. Um, I, I want them to have at least one maybe two series together, even if it's with Chubbs at the quarterback. Like it doesn't need to be Tua. I just need that line out there and having some sort of success before we go to New England. I don't want to experiment anymore. I don't want to put somebody at right guard who is at right tackle. I want to put the center and split them out wide as a, you know, a third wide receiver. I don't want any of that experiment. I want five guys, big fat guys in a row blocking the people that they're supposed to be blocking, even if it's backups against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my number one thing for offense in this game. And I'll tell you this on defense. Here's what I need to see. Not want to see. Here's what I need to see. I need to see Noah Igbenogane do something other than run into the camera shot after the play is over. That's what I need to see from number nine, Noah Igbenogane. He had one good play against the bears. He did not play well against the Falcons. And that is scary because the Falcons had like Felipe Franks, who's thrown, I don't know, maybe twice in his entire quarterback career. Usually he runs the ball and he was completing passes on Noah Igbenogany. So that's what I need to see. I need to see first round pick Noah Igbenogany do something beyond say hi to his mother as the play comes to an end. Yeah. You know who else wants to see our whole starting offensive line play? Patrick fucking Laird. That's who. Because he's going to be running the goddamn ball and he wants the starting line to, to play. That'd be fantastic for him. Uh, good call out on the young guys. Um, the more I sit here and watch, and this isn't a shot at the guy. I mean, I just knowing there's 32 first round picks and what they do and what they bring to the table and how important they are. I really sitting here and it just might not be fair. It's year two. I cannot believe that Noah was a first round pick. Like I just, there has been nothing that he has done 
that's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Other than a couple of clips of some dudes that played at LSU said that he's the best cover corner they faced in the SEC. Okay, we need to see that in the NFL because Trill Williams, our undrafted guy from Syracuse who played Pitt and, you know, uh, uh, Rutgers for his career, is having a better camp. So, sorry, man, first-round pick, that, that comp heavy as the head that wears a crown. You got to do better. Well, and look, Nick Needham, uh, who's been here a couple of years and has just progressed year over year. I mean, he was kind of a punching bag for me last year because he had a lot of penalties against him, but he's had an amazing camp as well. And you look at Xavier Howard and Byron Jones as obviously your your, your starting quarter, cornerbacks, and all of a sudden, Noah Igbenogane uh, better start getting his shit together because you know, you've know you got Javon Holland, who honestly hasn't shown much in preseason either, to be honest. He didn't play against the Falcons. He, he didn't play a lot against the Bears. Uh these young guys that we had so much hope for that we spent, you know, high draft capital for, again, it might not be fair because they are so young, but I, that's what I'm looking for in this game. I want to see Javon Holland do something. If he's going to play, I want to see Noah Igbenogany do something. It doesn't have to be an interception. It doesn't have to be necessarily a, you know, a pass defense, but like cover your guy. Don't, don't allow seven yards of separation on a five yard out route or something along those lines. Like I've been seeing from him. So that's what I'd like to see. Uh, I also want to see the back end wide receivers, which we have been seeing, but like the tail end ones, the, the Kirk Merritts, the Malcolm Perry's. Uh, I want to see those guys finally start to separate themselves and see who is going to take that roster spot from Jakeem Grant, because we know it's going to happen. We just don't know which guy is going to be the guy to unseat that little tiny Jakeem Grant. Is it going to be Mac Hollins? It's not going to be Lynn Bowden. He's on, on, on IR. It's not going to be Robert Foster. He's gone. It's not going to be Isaiah Ford because he's gone. Although he might be back by the time this actually comes out because it seems to sign and, and be cut every other day. But one of those guys, Kirk Merritt, Malcolm Perry, Mac Hollins, somebody's got to separate themselves and claim that last roster spot for the Miami Dolphins. Well, not only that, just for week one in general, Will Fuller's out. We know that yep. he's suspended. We don't know Preston Williams' uh, availability. So we really literally might need to ride the coattails of one of those guys as a fourth receiver and special teamer. So, yeah, somebody needs to step up big time. A name I'm going to say and is a guy I've been a fan of since we, he was undrafted is Kirk Merritt. He's had a good camp. He's scoring touchdowns on one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens. I really want to see that guy in the end zone on Sunday. That'd be fantastic. I think he's got a great shot because he can return punts and kicks as well. I mean, that's something that Matt Collins just really doesn't do. And uh, Malcolm Perry really hasn't been doing that too much, I don't think. So uh, I think you're right. I think he's probably the leader in the clubhouse. Here's the craziest thing. Because of the injuries and the suspensions and everything else, it's very possible that Jakeem Grant slips in to week one against the New England Patriots. Plus two, it loves him, man. And if that guy, well, yeah, because they see eye to eye quite literally, but I mean, it's, if that guy gets into week one and like returns a punt for a touchdown, I'm going to flip the table over because I don't mean he'll be here for another season and he'll do nothing but break our hearts three or four weeks in a row. And we'll the just entire Miami Dolphins fan base will be cheering and there's Sam in the corner, punching a hole <laughs> in the wall because that means more mighty mouths to come. I wonder if that would, I like if, if we got all the way to the Super Bowl. And Jakeem Grant had a punt return for a touchdown and had like seven catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. And we won by 10 points. And he was responsible for 12 of those points because of the two touchdowns. I wonder if I would accept the victory or not. Oh, shut the fuck up. I wonder that's if so, I would. That's so in, such an exaggeration. Like you're that fear of your enthusiasm gift where he's just like, eh, eh, well, I don't, eh, I'm happy, but it was Jakeem Grant. And eh, I was going to ask for more money. Yeah, dude, shut the fuck up. We win the Super 
role. I don't care if Patrick Laird is the MVP, dude. <laughs> Just give me that Lombardi, please. Yeah, you know why I hate on Patrick Laird so much. He's a white running back like my son. Like he's actually pretty cool, but uh, he's no Christian McCaffrey, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly no not. Brock Forsey. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey went to Stanford. Patrick Laird went to Berkeley. Uh, there's the difference right there. Um, he's a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just I'm not looking forward to the day where Jakeem Grant is our hero and I have to go back and purge 200 plus episodes of Welcome to Perfectville because I've just been hating on him forever. Like there's going to be three episodes that we can keep that I haven't talked about Jakeem Grant in some sort of negative fashion. If he comes out, just, you know, balls. It yeah, at this point, us. might as well rename the show. Welcome to hate Jakeemville. Yeah. Don't you hate Jakeem like we do? Welcome to the show. Part of the Believe Podcast Network. Uh so you know, we talked about the back end of the wide receiver roster. Uh, I don't think Reed Sinet has a chance in hell other than being a practice squad quarterback, but uh, you know, hopefully he, he has a good second, third and fourth quarter against the Bengals. And then um, I guess, I don't know. I mean, is there, are there any other battles for the Miami Dolphins, any other positional things that you're keeping an eye on? We talked about the offensive line. We talked a little bit about Noah Igbenogany, but what am I missing here, Chris? What else is there to keep an eye on for this game? Yeah, I'd love to see. Uh, we obviously, the, the star of the Falcon game, Sam McGovin, was incredible. He deserves a shout out. Um, a lot of people on Facebook, though, are like, man, I hope he makes a team. It's like he's been on the team for like three years. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at uh, uh, Dokes and see if he can maybe earn a spot as that power back and maybe literally, you know, take away some carries from Malcolm Brown and um, Ahmed. Um, obviously, if Laird comes out and steals the show, you're kind of like, worried you know over over dokes he's a seventh round pick long shot out of cincinnati who had a great season last year in college so yeah that's the kind of stuff you look for for these kind of games it's like you know jared dokes and he'll be in javon holland gets his hand on the ball and just really praying for no injuries going into new england yeah it's interesting with the running backs though because you look at miles gaskin and savon Ahmed, and they look you know kind of the same right they're the same style of running back and then you look at malcolm brown and you look at jared dokes and again you kind of have a some some you know, redundancy there in a good way. I think all four of those guys make the team. I think that's your running back squad right there. I don't think Patrick Laird makes the team. Uh, I don't think anybody else makes the team as a running back other than those four. And that's going to be and Patrick Laird doesn't really stand out like those guys. And I really keep up my finger on what it is. No, me either. Something. I think it's because he went to Berkeley. Um, but, uh, you know, just maybe some other areas of concern, maybe some other areas that uh, we need to take a look at, um, you know, we have some veterans and we've made some jokes about uh, some of the veteran signings, anybody that was over 30 years old for the Miami dolphins. One of those was a guy on the, on the defensive line. One was like a linebacker. I don't know if any of those guys, any of the old guys, quote unquote, are going to make the team. The only one that I think makes the team is going to be uh, McCourty. Uh, I think he's the only shoe in, in the defensive backfield, but all the other guys that are 30, I think they're going to be camp bodies. I don't know that they're going to actually make the squad. Um, They're just, we have too many young guys that are too good. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, at least those geezers are already in South Florida to retire. But yeah, yeah well, they- special shout out to uh, uh, I'm going to flip the table here because uh, we already kind of you know fuck Cincinnati. But uh, yeah, I mean those older guys, I don't see it. McCourty is a shoe, and he's been he's starting really with our defense, so been doing good. But really cool story, real quick before we end our time, Sam. My son's already played against Thomas Davis's son in football. And this weekend, he's playing against Dan Morgan's son. No kidding. How about that name? You haven't heard that in a while. Dan Morgan, Mr. Super Bowl record with tackles in a game. 
Yeah, Dan Morgan, uh, that, that was a guy that he's one of those guys that scared you. Like if you were watching TV, Correct. like Chris Spielman almost, right? Or, or Greg Lloyd, like just the, the, those linebackers that just looked like Bryce Pop was another one. I remember seeing Bryce Pop as a kid, like I don't ever want to meet him. He looks like he's just going to eat me. Uh, Dan Morgan was was along those lines as well. So that's cool. So he's playing against uh, some NFL kids. Um, yeah, NFL kids. Uh Last thing I want to jump into, and then we're going to end the show, is we, we touched on it just a little bit, but Lynn Bowden Jr., um, he wasn't mentioned when we talked about you know the back end of the roster as wide receivers. He isn't cut, but he is on season-ending injured reserve. So he is on IR, and like Lynn Bowden does, he alluded to it before it actually came out. He had some very you know melodramatic tweets. Uh, but this, to me, Chris, seems like a strategy move for the Miami Dolphins. I have yeah. this theory that Lynn Bowden is not injured for the season. I think they like Lynn Bowden. They want to keep Lynn Bowden, but there's nowhere on the active roster for him to be at this point in the wide receiver room or as a running back. Uh, I also think that uh, if they were to try to put him on the practice squad, he'll be snatched up in a heartbeat. So you're not going to cut him. You're probably not going to trade him for anything. You're not going to get the value back because he hasn't shown that much yet, but you like the talent and maybe he, you know, stubbed his toe or something. So he's on IR for the rest of the season. This seems like a stash away sort of thing for the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, maybe there's time or room next year when Will Fuller is a free agent. Devontae Parker, I believe, is a free agent and uh, or close to it. And maybe there's room for him then. Uh, What do you think? Am I out of bounds thinking that? No, I, I don't know how they can get away with that unless they, like, you know, sniped him and sent Christian Wilkins out to hurt him but uh, in the locker room in the showers or something. But, I um, mean, he's not really injured. The guy's going to want to play football. Um, so the injury settlement might be one of those things that still happen. Um, if it is the case, like you said, you actually stole exactly what I was going to say. Will Fuller's on a one-year deal. Uh, Parker's a free agent soon. Kaseki's free agent next year. Uh, you know, it's like we want to keep this talent not let it go. How do we do that without taking a roster spot? In my opinion – if Jared Dokes is going to make the team, you know, I'd put Lynn Bowden on the roster as a running back over him because of the versatility and what he brings. But there's so many gadget guys. We kind of talked about this even last season. We brought in Malcolm Perry and him. It's like there's the Spider-Man meme. They're all pointing at each other. We're the same guy. So, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens there. If there's going to be injury settlement, if he's not that hurt. Some people were hoping he comes back in six weeks. I, I don't think that's the case. I think he's done for the year being put on the IR before the season. So, uh Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because I do like the player a lot. He's got a lot of versatility. Yeah, I mean, I think he could, what, after 10 weeks, come back. Uh, that's the way IR works now or something along those lines. I'm sure I have the wrong week there. Somebody will correct me. But there, there's a possibility he could come back, but it doesn't seem like he's coming back. And I like what you said about Christian Wilkins. Like, do you think that's what we do, why we have him in goal line packages on in practice? Like, you know, we want to keep Lynn Bowden Jr., but we don't know how to. I know. Why don't we forced him a ball so he gets a touchdown and celebrates and then Christian Wilkins can just jump on him and uh, hurt him as well and that way we can keep him you know that's, that's the whole reason why I have Christian Wilkins he's the hitman out that's there. Christian Wilkins in coverage that's weird oh my god <laughs> ear hole shot well did you see that like uh, I think who was it was it uh, Miles Gaskin somebody scored a touchdown against the Falcons and somebody on Twitter had pointed out like Christian Wilkins really needs to stop celebrating with the offense because they counted it up and they put a little counter there and, and he was like shadow boxing but he was actually punching punching Miles Gaskin like seven times in two seconds. And it's like, Christian Wilkins, stop it. <laughs> you starting running back asshole. Yeah. Can you hit the other team's offense? Not ours, please. Jesus. But uh, anyway, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, segment number three. That is yet another episode of welcome to perfect bill in the books. He is Chris Colin. I am Sam Marcoux, part of the believe podcast network. Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? 
That's it, my friend. Go enjoy that chili spaghetti, Skyline Chili. Skyline Chili, I will. And on behalf of Chris, myself, and all of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag, only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.